And welcome to Art as a Competition, episode four, where we are still discussing slam brackets, and this time it is the 90s rock. The main draw, the thing that everyone's been waiting for, but uh, everyone I, I refuse to give them, because um, <laughs> I'm a brutal dictator. Uh, You've become cumbersome, <laughs> is oh, what's happened. Oh boy, you better believe it. Uh, <laughs> don't I know it. Um just ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> my wife. Oh, so, yeah, man. my name is Eric Ryberg, and I'm here with Gabriel Huddleston. Gabe, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I mean, as well as as we always say, as well as can be expected in, in the dystopian nightmare that we find ourselves in. But that is all we can ask. And uh, I've, I've gotten into uh, uh, train dominoes. Like, that's my new thing as of late. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I have been playing train dominoes every night. So uh, I don't even so know what that a, is, but it, it definitely sounds like you're ready for like when we're all hobos uh, having to catch catch the nearest locomotive to the down the line. Because yeah, it's it's I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the the uh, the steel drum uh, fire going and playing some train dominoes Absolutely. off to the side by the light of the steel drum fire. Marking telephone poles, saying like which which house has good vittles, what yeah. what lady will give you a nice warm bed. That's right. Making some good beans in a in a in a can. Absolutely. It'll be great. I can't wait. Nice. Well, uh, as I said, we are discussing the '90s rock slam bracket. Um, we won't need to go through all the uh, taxonomical distinctions again because again, we're talking about alternative grunge punk because go back punk. and listen to the other podcast right, exactly. episodes there's, yo there's i mean seriously ones. they're fun <laughs> we're, we're not terrible um yeah exactly and this time we are uh we've completed our qualification bracket and we're getting into the main draw we we sorted out uh we're, we tossed out 128 songs for people to vote on and we ended up with 16 qualifiers out of those um the results were I suppose not surprising, but also uh, um, because the the big names won. But I kind of thought people might vote, uh, you know, a little more obscurely. I thought we'd have some, you know, hipsterish uh, um, prejudice against the big names. But that never did, underestimate the lowest common denominator. Never, never, ever. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, I, I uh, you know, I did the seating or the sort of play in songs thinking that that people might be overloaded uh, by too many of the big names but they were they were happy to vote for them in the in the qualifications um so i'm going to run down who won that uh, as a way to getting into talking about the field of the the actual main draw uh the winners were stone Temple pilots had three qualifiers and they got tripping on a hole in a paper heart through Vaseline and Big Empty. Rage Against the Machine got Bullet in the Head and Gorilla Radio in. Pearl Jam uh, qualified Black and Corduroy. Nirvana qualified In Bloom and Lake of Fire. And Alice in Chains qualified Rooster and I Stay Away. Those, so those were all the bands that had multiple quali qualifying wins. Um, then we had Butthole Surfers qualified Pepper. Cake got in Never There, Hole qualified Celebrity Skin, 
uh, presidents of the United States of America or pot USA going forward, uh, because I'm not going to say that all the way through anymore. Uh, but pot USA got in lump and Soundgarden qualified spoon man. And Ugh. that, yeah, uh, it's just, it's, it's not my fit. That, that was the one that I just, I wish that song just didn't really exist. Not because it's horrible, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's grading after a while, after more yeah, than I, one it, listen. Yeah. 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 And it's not Soundgarden's best work. Mm-mm. And yet it often gets thrown out there as the thing that's like, you know, exemplifies them in some way, shape or form. Right. And it's just, it's not, it's not good. And like the video bugs me too. I don't know. <laughs> just the whole, it, all of it. Just, I don't know. But we, uh, we got those 16 qualifiers. Um, and I'm not going to read through the entire uh, main draw because that is 108 other songs. Uh, what I'm going to talk about instead um, is our wild cards as well as uh, some injury reports because even though we've done the qualifier and I established the main draw, uh, every now and then I run across a song that just rubs me the wrong way and I really uh, can't in good conscience continue on with it. Right. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you notice, uh, even, you know, I, I don't want to kick things out because I, that, that were popular, um, just because I don't like them or because I think they don't hold up, uh, because I think what we've talked about is we're not trying to do a qualitative survey. We're not trying to do a, uh, hi- in hindsight, this is best. We just want to yeah. get the most nineties thing. Um, it's, yeah. The essence of the nineties, right? which can in- encompass quality again define yeah. defi- nostalgia yeah. and all that i mean it's all it's 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 uh it, it it's a lot of different factors and it's highly subjective obviously can i can i put forth before we get into this because i think totally. again and we we mentioned this in the last podcast just how we've blown this out into <laughs> you mainly i've just i again i just sit in the back of the classroom and throw spitballs but um, you know, we've blown this out to, to wild cards and qualifications, and now we've got injury reports and all this other kind of stuff. I, I have a thesis that I've been kicking around and I might've mentioned it on the last one. And I'm going to, I'm going to repeat myself a lot on this podcast because one, I don't remember what we said on the last one, but two, if I've, if I've learned nothing from listening to Bill Simmons do podcasts, as you can repeat yourself over and over and over again, um, make a fucking gilzillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. And people eat it up, apparently. Like people like hearing you say the same thing over and o- over and over again. And now, no one can dispute this. And now here's uh, here's Pearl Jam. Here's yeah, exactly. Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> so um is it possible? First of all, here's the first part of this premise. 90s rock was really good. Like really good. Like, I mean, there's, there's just, there is some high quality, you know, we opened with cumbersome at the beginning of that, um, it, which is on some level you could like throw it away as kind of dismiss it as just another one, but it's a good, it's a good fucking rock song. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, well, I mean, I, uh, unquestionably it was, it was the quality, the, the, uh, the way things were recorded then was really fun and interesting. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, of course, kids today would would probably say, "Oh, that's Gen X nonsense." But I, I think, I I think that the sampling that we have here, um, even the songs that, like we talked about, are 
that were grating and got overplayed, there was something to them, whether it was simply like they were just sort of purely structurally good. They were composed in the way that people like to hear a song composed to make them yeah. feel a beginning, middle, and end. Or, yeah, they, not gonna... or they were just really interesting and new at the yeah, time. Yeah, new, different, um, artistically. I mean, all kinds of different. Or just like straight ahead, just great rock and roll music. Right. So that's the first part of the of my of my theory here is that number one 90s rock really good okay <laughs> but but and i and i'm and i'm not going to deny the you know that i'm doing the gen x thing of passive or passive aggressively like making myself the center of the of the universe but is it possible that that since then and i guess we'll get into this when we get into the pop bracket the pop dance bracket that rock music has gotten progressively worse since the nineties overall quality in terms of mainstream, especially, but pop music has gotten better, right? Overall. Like, I, I don't know. Again, this is highly subjective, but I'm just thinking of my own, uh, you know, personal taste and it, and it becomes difficult now to kind of quantify what pop music is. Um, but I, I just, but it, it seems to me that there's a shift that the artistry and the kind of, I don't know, like high level artists at the same time playing with that mainstream kind of appeal has moved away from rock music and is now solely entrenched in kind of what we today call pop music. Whereas 90s pop where I mean, when we get into it, I'm sure I'm going to be like, oh, wow, 90s pop. Really? This is really great. <laughs> By and large, 90 pop, 90s pop also had some real bad 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 music too so yeah i don't know I, that's the thesis that i'm kind of playing with as, I, as we're moving forward in all of this i guess it it's, depends on just defining down what is yes. in, what is in a genre and what isn't like I, yeah. I think that um i think that you're right that generally the the things that that take hold of the zeitgeist um and the the big names the the biggest names are much better now than they were if we're if we're if you're just going to throw out like taylor swift and beyonce as like the two sort of keystones of 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 the pop golden arches right now like they are remarkably good and put out products that are so vastly superior to what was being sold as pop music throughout most of the 90s that it that they aren't they aren't really the same thing Right. Um, whereas like rock, I mean, I think goes through weird phases of who is like, cause I think there's still great rock and roll being made. It's just not being played by sure the, by whatever outlets, um, we are receiving music through now. Like, right. again, because you know, the beginning of the two thousands, like the white stripes were there and like that yeah. was amazing rock and roll, but yeah, so was puddle of mud and so (laughs) um so again you know you've got you've got these where we where we receive the music from is a is a totally different thing and totally different and some and so that's affected like what an artist is allowed to to make what what artists are allowed to be big and what aren't um yeah so it's i you know it's just yeah the entirely different mechanism. Well, we talked about this with grab bag in the last bracket, you know, like Mm -hmm. the genre lines are getting harder and harder 
uh, are getting more are more blurred than they were before for sure. But, and at the same time though, what complicates all of it is the delivery mechanisms of that music yeah. to your point like that. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a really great point. And rock music just does not have access or cachet like pop music does now. Um, and I think part of that is the conflating of pop music and hip hop um, that's kind of happened over the last, that started in the nineties. I mean, essentially, mm-hmm. and you have more and more artists today who are like, yeah, I'll do a rock, a rock song and then I'll do a rap song and then I'll do something that's in between the two. And then I'll do, and then I'll go with, you know, uh, Zed and he'll do a remix of one of those songs that I just did. And then that will be played in, in clubs, you know? So like, I mean, you, you have more artists who are so much more willing to do that kind of stuff where back in the nineties, there was like this purity of rock that still, kind of remained that just probably doesn't really exist anymore except for somebody who like jack white who you know or just who, just who, indie indie performers who don't maybe have the chance to branch out but who exactly but once but once they get yeah. big enough will <laughs> right but but, yeah. but no i mean you're absolutely right in that they the the material even the materials used to compose rock and roll songs now like are are different like yeah you know a band like fantagram or metric that that or I think, someone like bony bear who's just like holed up somewhere and it's sure. just him yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah absolutely all right well let's uh let's talk let's uh let's talk injuries and wild cards first yeah, before i'm, I'm we excited get about the scenes. injuries because i'm not in on the injury report so <laughs> well uh if i if i had i mean the, are you bill belichick with the injury report you've kept it really look, secretive up until this point and look you know, we're, we're just looking forward to cincinnati we're, yeah it's on to cincinnati it's on to cincinnati <laughs> Say what you see, man. We got these questions. Is it true that you've sold your soul? I say, hey, man, I don't know. Let me a quarter, won't you? I'll call my accountant. Let's get out this. I'll get on with it. If you want to change the world, shut your mouth. No, I just, I was looking through the draw, and a couple a couple songs were were irking me. Uh, or at least of the top 108 that I that I included as as direct entries into the main draw, the top 108 songs. How whether you think they're the best or the not or not, they're they're what I say. Um, a couple a couple three of them were kind of bugging me, and even and even another one after after the results of the qualifiers were uh, were making me feel um, uncomfortable, and. So the 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 uh, the two that I definitely have uh, as being on the injury report with you know torn ACLs and and ruptured Achilles they're never coming back. Uh, I've got uh, or in this day and age they've they've tested positive for COVID right, exactly. They have to <laughs> they quarantine. Can, they have got to quarantine for at least two weeks. Uh, I've got Bloodhound Gang, the Bad Touch. I had that yeah. on there because it it was one. Uh, you know I have a slight. Uh, a, uh, I liked the early Bloodhound Gang a little bit when it was very bad Beastie Boys copies. Um, what was their other hit? 
besides the bad touch? Uh, Wasn't there another one? They had fire water burn. Fire water burn. They That's and they the had one. a they had a boutique. They had a couple boutique little hits. Uh, Mama say, Mama saw. Or it was like uh, it was called Mama say, and and there was an EP that that I got back kind of before they had hit anything, and and they were kind of quirky and fun and and bad. Uh, and I, I made a I made a great deal of money selling that that EP, so I I kind of held them close to my heart. Um, but I hated their their more pop output, even though it was uh, or more popular output, even though it was kind of funny and 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 annoyingly uh, uh, catchy. I just I can't conscience putting that song in, in the bracket so the bad touch is injured and in its place we have uh the the tennis what in the tennis terms would be called the lucky loser the uh qualifier who had sort of the the most recent out or in this case the the closest out and that's going to be uh violet by hole are going to make their way into the main draw um we had a lot of submissions in the wild card for Hole by Violet and some really uh, adamant fans, uh, but so Violet is making its way into the main draw in place of the Bloodhound Gang, the Bad Touch. Um, I've also got uh, another one that just isn't. It's it's bugging me, and I'll I'll kind of trust uh, the, these other two aren't definitely out. They are they are to be determined injuries. They are you know day to day. Uh, Lenny Kravitz fly. Um, I mean, it's, it it was huge. It got tons of play and it, it has a pretty, um, anthemic and yeah, just the, one of the most recognizable riffs, but man, it really just kind of bugs me for whatever reason. Like I can play it, like I can play like three songs on the guitar and I can play that song on the guitar and it's, and that's probably not a good sign um, in the end. So the, automatic disqualifier. There might I be. Can, I can play it on the guitar. Right. There might there might be a, a lingering injury that knocks Fly out in favor of another uh, in favor of another band. And the other one. And so I'll I'll defer to you on that if you if you have any opinions. I mean, I think we should wait till we maybe talk about the wild cards, yeah, uh, and and see what what um, doesn't make it out of those, and maybe see if there's a better case for something other than fly. Sure, especially and, because I think uh, "Are You Gonna Go My Way" is probably going to go pretty far in this tournament, yeah. is my guess. But I don't know. But who knows? And then the yeah. the last one uh, that was kind of bugging me, um, that could possibly go somewhere else, but might still have a place here. Uh, is Marcy Playground Sex and Candy. Again, mm-hmm. because it, it's so laconic and uh-huh. and uh, just... Probably should have gone in grab bag, maybe. Probably should have gone in grab bag. I think I was the one who, who pushed it out of there. But um, it's just it's one of those that just bugs me genre-wise, but also yeah. just, just fucking bugs me because that guy <laughs> bugs me. So... <laughs> So that they have a, a, a possible injury to Marcy Playground, um, but we don't have definite uh, replacements for for those yet. Uh, but in, we are sure that that hole from Violet is the lucky loser making its way in. 
Yeah, you've already made you've made some promises on that one. So if you, <laughs> if, if that's not going to happen, there's going to be uh, pitchforks. And, oh no, and no, torches. that's that's definitely happening. I I knew that was happening the minute I saw it. It lose. Um, but moving on to the wild card, we had some great submissions. Uh, we had yeah. about 24, 25, actually like 30 songs um, submitted. Uh, a couple, I guess a couple duplicates. But some fun ones that, that I ha- I couldn't remember or that I, I didn't remember. Um, and so, like, the, that just totally slipped my mind. Uh, the four that have received the most votes from our select committee of wildcard selectors uh, that will definitely be in. We will have a, a couple others that probably make it in. But the four that, that got the most votes, and I'm, I'm going to adhere to that category or to that uh, uh, selection process. Social Distortion, Ball and Chain, Cracker, who is in the main draw with Low, uh, people love them some Cracker, Get Off This will be in, and uh, my bloody Valentine, only shallow. Uh, they were a. They would also be what would be a, a lucky loser because they were in the qualifying draw, uh, and lost. And then Neil Young, downtown, off the Mirrorball album. Um, so, and then there are a couple others that that uh, are. I'm almost sure will make it in. Uh, Placebo, pure morning, and. Uh, the rug burns. Me and Eddie Vedder are probably going to make it into the main draw as wild cards. Yeah. Um, we had some big, big Neil Young fans who uh, Harvest Moon was one that was that was uh, nominated and absolutely should have been in the grab bag. That's the yeah. fact that that was in the '90s still baffles me. I mean, yes, agreed. If, if that's you, a great that's a is that off uh prairie wind no, it's, it's off it? harvest moon it's uh, harvest moon yeah, yeah yeah so 1992 is when that was released and i really wow. i was sure that was a like a 88 89 uh release but you know i ha- i thought rocking in the free world was a was a 90s release and it's not it was like 1988 so so yeah so neil young is a man absolutely unstuck in time um, but one of uh, a couple that aren't going to make it in, but that I wanted to, uh, to bring up and see if, see if you remember them at all, Gabe, um, were, well, you, you pointed out that, uh, that dry the rain, like, the, I can't believe that came out in the nineties. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. I'm going to just start that up. Are you going to sell? I will now sell eight copies dry the rain right by the beta band and i feel like i feel was it in like an apple ad it feels like an apple ad song but it should have been yeah, it if it's been. not it should have been yeah it's the i mean the beta band places so squarely in the early 2000s for me that that yeah. i can't it's wild that 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 was that early um and then Another one that I know had a lot of radio play, and I was really appreciative that someone nominated it. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe it finds its way in. I, I don't think it will. It didn't quite have enough support from the select committee. But was School of Fish, Three Strange Days? Do you remember that one at all? I don't remember this song. Okay. 
I know it was a regular on alt rock radio for a, a couple months. one of those that just absolutely sounds sounds like it was made in I, I think it was like a 1993 song but it sounds like you know it could have been made in virtually any any year between 1985 and 1995 um, oh yeah yeah but again one of those that I'm sure I listened to plenty of times Absolutely. In in a car somewhere and bridging that gap between college radio and kind of alt rock radio at the yep. time uh, where you, you know, you could, if you were a, you know, if you were like me and you were a college radio DJ, you could, you could play that song and not, and not get, you know, and still keep your cred. Right. As a college radio DJ, even though like maybe it was getting some mainstream play for sure. Yeah. So we had some other, I mean, those are some good ones. Yeah. yeah. And there were some great ones in there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you know, big head Todd resignation. Superman mm-hmm. is, a, is an underrated song of theirs. Like you said, Neil Young, harvest moon. We should, I mean, that could almost Young, be in the R and B pop. Yeah. I mean, you bracket. have, I mean, like, Neil Young has to be in this rock bracket. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I had a nickel for every time that, you know, Neil Young was referred to as the godfather of grunge during exactly. the nineties. Um, like, and Mirrorball, I mean, you know, like again, we, we've talked often about the case logic, you know, yeah. uh, 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 that was where, Oh, I see you are a Pearl Jam aficionado <laughs> because you've got, you know, Mirrorball and Mirkenball right. in your collection, you know, like, uh, I mean, and and if they didn't have that, then they were just you know a fly by night fan, total um, poser, right? Yeah, total poser. Um, but I can see that you really appreciate that. So you, you've got to have something off of those EPs in there. Uh, and Downtown's a good one, just from the introduction where he's like, you know, I mean, I'm gonna just count this one off, right? Um, and and of course you have the icon. Is it the? I mean, I'm gonna repeat myself later when we when we get into the top draws about the the importance of the 1992 MTV VMAs, but the other performance that's really important, I don't think it was in '92, and I can't remember if it was the Grammys or the VMAs, but I'm pretty sure it was the VMAs. But it was you know Pearl Jam and Neil Young doing "Rockin' in the Free World." Um, yeah, that was the VMAs. I'm 99 percent yeah. sure. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got to include him somewhere in mm-hmm. all of this, uh, just kind of an, a, an acknowledgement. Um, and then also looking through some of these other ones. I mean, Cracker had three wildcard nominees and Euro Trash Girl is a fun song. Yeah. Um, but Get Off This actually might be better than Low. I mean, it's a it's a it, it's a good, good ditty. Oh, it's really good. I I. I don't know that I can be convinced because I think low might like I'll probably overrate it, but low is one of my favorite songs of the decade yeah. by, by far. Um, yeah. but yeah, cracker, I mean, cracker is exceptionally good. And one of those meeting points of, uh, you know, early alternative country and yep. rock and roll and yep. indie rock, you know, 
all the the camper van stuff that that yeah. uh, they did after that you know that that's that's a a huge yeah, and it allows me to, to mention my my favorite 90s concert that I ever went to the triple bill of uh Gin Blossoms Cracker and Spin Doctors that was just <laughs> fantastic on so many different levels um and I'm holding out on um I mean, you know, you know me, I can go on all day long about, you know, 90s and early 2000s Brit rock. Um, but Beta Band Dry the Rain is just, and like you said, like I couldn't believe that it came out in the 90s. I thought it was an early 2000s song because I so associate them with kind of the later um, Brit rock yeah. movement that happened, kind of the Beta Band, Gomez. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell everybody Which, that's listening right now. If you've never listened, you'll go buy a Gomez album and just listen to it. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I had uh, uh, Get Myself Arrested sh- probably should have been in, in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I kind of missed that one. So, um, but kind of that, you know, post Oasis, post Blur. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, post verve kind of, of era that came out with some really good stuff, you know, and again, I'll bring up Marah one more time, Marah kind of, you know, getting into sure, that yeah. kind of genre to a little bit as well, but, um, and, and not, they're not British, they're from Philadelphia, but they're, but they got into that genre, but, um, but that's just, a, it's such a great song. It, it's really, yeah. it's really good. I mean, you listen to it and you're like, what is this? You know? Um, and even in late blur, uh, late nineties, early two thousands blur is really good. Um, tender is a great song by blur. Um, some other good stuff in there too. So, um, you know, that, that would, but, but some really good nominations in, in this wild card bracket for sure. I think, I think the top four makes sense. You, you know, I think Screaming Trees is, you know, so associated with Nearly Lost You, but they're a great band. So I think it's fair to have another song in there as well. If they, if they wanted to, that was another one that got a fair amount of votes, but I think My Bloody Valentine, which again, I don't know that gets associated with the nineties as much as, Mm -hmm kind of later but then there's also that mythology with them as well of kind of disappearing yeah uh social distortion also kind of a a touchstone for people who wanted to claim that they had a certain amount of taste uh in the in the 90s i think that that makes a lot of sense too uh to to have in there i was never a big fan but but recognize that they were um Blending some genres, doing some different things there, and definitely um, you can't dispute the kind of artistry that goes with it. And then placebo, you're right. Like everybody, like I didn't again the case logic. Like I, I cannot believe going back and thinking. Like I can still see the placebo CD in people's mm-hmm. case logic that I would be like, why do you? I'd look at the person and be like, why do you have this in here? You know. <laughs> but like people did over and over again. It was kind of kind of crazy. Well, let's uh, let's take a break and come back and talk about some seeding. Houses of the Holy was an album by Led Zeppelin. I bought it on a track, not on CD. Fades out in the. 
track's supposed to The way an A-track's supposed to I got the number 13 So we are going to talk about what the top 32 rock songs of the decade are. Uh, you know, and if we get it wrong, we will obviously be murdered and killed and sent to yeah. the gulag. All those Well, things. we've already been canceled. Right. So, I uh, mean, can I just go back to the outro? I mean, <laughs> me and Eddie Vedder has to be included in this yeah. bracket. Yeah. I, because <laughs> we talked about it before we started recording. Like, I'm listening to it again, and I'm instantly flashback to I'm at a party in Bloomington. I didn't go to I I didn't go to any university, but I was back there for whatever reason. And I'm at some party, you know, as you mm-hmm. often would end up in Bloomington at somebody's apartment, con, you know, oh, yeah. whatever. And this <laughs> guy, I'm pretty sure he's got his shirt off to show his tattoos of the of the zeppelin symbols <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> from the zofo album right? oh yeah As, uh, from zeppelin 4 and he's explaining in a very deep and meaningful way about you know this one is 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 robert this one <laughs> this <is> one's bonzo <laughs> I mean. and i remember at the time thinking for just like what is going on number one but number two like like i had it look if you were born in this if you were a male in the midwest or anywhere in the u.s really but definitely in the midwest and you were born in the 70s you grew up in the 80s you're gonna go through a led zeppelin phase at some point in time but i remember looking at this guy and just being like dude we've moved on from the (laughs) from led zeppelin have we not like we're now on to other things at this point and that song just so captures the quintessential that dude and he was not the only one but that guy who was like yeah man and 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 pot and marijuana of course was i'm sure big for him as well um but like it just so captures that It, it like that whole just stating the obvious like it's some kind of you know in that joe rogan kind of way of like (laughs) stating the stating the obvious like it's some kind of insight into the universe right yeah um but that song so captures it you know of so like dude the 13th letter is m (laughs) yeah oh it's it's i mean it's it's one of those songs that is so, so beautifully uh, derisive of everything in music that like yeah. uh, it, it and if you didn't know better you thought it would be like you th- you would you thought it'd be celebrating those things right, right? <laughs> like if you're that guy you're like yeah man this guy gets it and you're like dude he's making fun of you <laughs> yeah. man he's totally making fun of you oh, boy anyway sorry I had to bring that up I had just a flashback to that moment <laughs> and that guy just and I just remember I was like I just want to get to the keg, man. Can I just get over there and fill up my beer? No, the Indi- the Indiana dude with the the Zoso tattoos is absolutely like there's like probably thousands of those guys, like <laughs> literally <of> thousands, <laughs> so many of them. Uh, oh but my gosh. anyway, let's uh, let's get 
let's get squarely into the the big boys, the uh, the big boppers, the big boppers, the, the bands you know, the bands you love on Hot One Hundred Three Point Three on WNBC. Yeah. So we're just gonna run through in kind of uh, groups of four who we have placed. I, I'm guessing that we're probably gonna correspond pretty close. Uh, I may yeah. have I may have changed. Here's where we may have an issue. I may have changed a song um, by a certain man, and we'll see we'll see where we get. We'll see if if that happens. Okay, um, sounds it, good. Because uh, I think you you ha- you've had your rankings done for a while. So yes. So why don't you give me your top four songs? Yeah. Of of the rock nineties. Yeah, all right. Uh, number one uh, smells like Teen Spirit. Yep. Number two, Jeremy. Uh, number three, Under the Bridge. And number four, Sabotage. Very nice. So, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad that you had Jeremy because that's what I had also. Because initially I had put Alive because I like the song better. Um, it's a better song. It, and it's a more sort of just pure rock and roll song. But yep. I went back and looked and thought and was like, Jeremy was the most – a complete was as inescapable as smells like teen spirit for a moment. Like the minute smells like teen spirit ebbed just a bit. Jeremy became the thing that, that you could not get away from on MTV or rock radio. And, uh, and so it it had to be the, the Pearl jam, uh, top 32 song. Yep. Yeah. I have, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and with, with smells like teen spirit, it's, it's, it's passe. It's banal to say that it's the number one, but you, you, you have to, you have to say it's number one. I mean, you could be clever and try to come up with something different, but there's no point. And, and what's hard with Nirvana and it's going to be something that we'll probably talk about again is that it's hard to separate the hype and the zeitgeist from the artistry mm-hmm. um, and where those two kind of blend together, but they're a good band. I mean, they're, they're just, I mean, again, I said it on the last podcast, go watch their rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony when they had all female artists uh, fronting the band and listen to those songs in a much different way yeah. than they were originally presented. And you'll go, wow, those are really good songs, you know, like it, it, and, and uh, what was the the documentary uh, that came out a few years ago um, that was all of a uh, uh, montage of heck, mm-hmm. go watch that again and just kind of see the, the, the brilliance that is Kurt Cobain. Um, so, so, you know, we can get into, is it overplayed? Of course. Uh, you know, is it, is it, uh, did it, you know, become too big for its britches? Probably, but like, it's still a great song and you can't, you can't deny it. It's, it's place where it needs to be for sure. Yep. I think a lot of people, you know, obviously it's in, it's more than inflected by his suicide. It's, it's, it's completely, uh, it's totally and completely a product of his suicide. The fact that they, created this output in basically four and a half, five years at most. Um, And, you know, and he died and therefore it became, uh, you know, an art, an artifact set in stone. It was unchangeable at that point. Um, And so people probably often say, well, if he hadn't died, maybe we wouldn't think of it as, as I don't know, we wouldn't venerate it as much or it wouldn't seem to have the same impact. And I, I don't think that's true no. um, because, well, one, I, I think you've got another 
exemplar of a band in that Alice in Chains made not quite as, not nearly as big an impact, but certainly changed the landscape of, of music in, in, at some level. Yeah. Um, you know, they were very much that sort of direct lineage between hair metal and yes. grunge rock. Yeah. Um, and Lane, Lane Staley died and he died, you know, I always place him as dying in the nineties, but he died, he died in like 2003, 2004. Yeah. Um, and obviously they kind of faded away, but, their impact is still as large, even though the singer now dead, uh, still lived on and, and that they produced more music afterwards. Like, yep. um, if we're, if we're going to start talking about dead singers, boy, are we going to have a lot to talk about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but go and yeah, but, and, and yeah, and I agree with all of that. I think Allison change is a very good kind of barometer to kind of say like what, what could have been right. Mm-hmm. Um, but go, I mean, it, Joan Jett does Smells Like Teen Spirit, the rock and roll. Just go watch it. And you'll just be like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's so, it's so kind of, it, just to hear it in a different kind of spin um, and gender bent, I guess. Yeah. Um, just, just gives you a different perspective and you can kind of see the lyrics in a different point of view. Uh, then, because it's hard to separate. Like, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stomping on your top four because I'm really interested in here. But the other the other reason that I've got under the bridge there is I was at a, you know, and this was a thing, kids, back in the day. It was a uh, video DJ dance, you know, <laughs> where like there was a DJ that had like a screen that would play like the music videos alongside playing the songs. And I remember it was one of those kind of feeling the the ground shift beneath your feet of going from like, you know, Belle Biv DeVoe on one side and then, and people were kind of not really into it. And then smells like teen spirit. They played that. And then they played under the bridge and everybody was like out on the floor going absolutely crazy, you know? (laughs) So like it was kind of a moment for me of like, Oh, something's different. Like people are changing what they're listening to at this particular time. So that was another reason that I couldn't really, I had to put uh, under the bridge up in this top four. Cause for me, that was just, just kind of a seismic moment. Oh, absolutely. And then to, and then to your point about smells like teen spirit and Jeremy, it was something we talked about in grab bags. Videos were still a thing. The videos buoyed these songs for, you know, well past their shelf life that any song has nowadays. Yeah. Right. Uh, in terms of kind of how long they kind of capture the, the public imagination. Yep. Unless it's old town road. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I had uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" as number one, uh, "Under the Bridge" number two, "Jeremy" nice. number three, and what was your number four? Tell me again. Mm. I had "Sabotage." Okay. Uh, I have "Stone Temple Pilots" "Interstate Love Song." So I, nice. yeah, I kind of the big the big four, I suppose of of the certainly the early half, the first half of the decade. Yeah. Um. And. So if you had BC Boys at number four, then I'll tell you my next five through eight. I had Everclear San, uh, Santa Monica as number five nice. because nice. it might be the most perfectly written pop rock song of the decade. Yeah. Um, I have Sabotage at number six. I have Blur Song 2 at number seven. And Nine Inch Nails Closer at eight. Um, what do you got for, for five through eight? 
for five through eight, I have. Um, and what was your last two on that? Song Blur, Song Two as seven, yeah. and Nine Inch yeah. Nails closer as eight. Nice. Uh, I had um, Everlong by Foo Fighters at number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had um, November Rain, Guns N' Roses at six. <laughs> I just because I can't help myself. And I had uh, Inner Sandman by Metallica at seven, and then I had Hunger Strike uh, by Temple of the Dog at eight. Yeah, I was so some big differences there. I was tempted to put Hunger Strike higher um, because man, did that have a moment? Uh, Yes, it did. Well, and and for me, and I think you kept along the lines of kind of keeping the theme of the top four of really kind of capturing songs that were big and and again kind of exemplifying a certain time and moment and for me when i got into the second four it was like different reasons like everlong i just love that song yeah. i think it's just a great song and i'm not the first person to say that um november rain just <laughs> <laughs> no i have it in the top 32 yeah foo fighters is funny they underperformed in the qualify in the qualifiers because yeah. they had i think at least two songs maybe maybe three but but they well, I think didn't people, qualify anything. So people see them again because you know Nirvana had this small amount of output. They see Foo Fighters as this like post nineties band, yeah. um, and they're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> they no, were no, no, very no. much like they were very much situated within the nineties. Um, Guns yeah. and Roses again. I've said it before. Go watch the ninety two VMAs. Um, you had. Guns N' Roses doing November Rain with Axel and Elton John at a double piano and a full-on orchestra and a flautist and in skimpy clothes. Um, And at the same time, you had Nirvana performing in Bloom, I believe, um, and throwing instruments up and breaking guitars like as a callback to The Who because they didn't really want to be at the VMAs anyway. Like this very kind of not passing of the torch because Axel and, and Kurt hated each other, but like just kind of this moment that just captures that early nineties feeling. Um, and November rain was just freaking huge. Um, and then hunger strike. It just, it was an inner Sandman. I kind of, I thought, I thought you would have had it higher too. Cause it had a moment, you know, it was so big then too. And then temple of the dog is just kind of, again, this kind of like, if you're going to claim that you like a certain type of music, then you need to explain to me why Temple of the Dog is important. And if you can't explain that to me, then I'm going to dismiss everything you say <laughs> after that. Right. Kind of, kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, some, some differences there. I had just to, to kind of some of the things that you said, I had interstate love song at 10. Um, but I think, Oh, and I had song two up there too. I don't know that I had ever clear, but, in my top 32 mm. but i sh- should have i actually met uh art alexis alex Zakis. yes at the 1992 republican national convention 92 of all, pla- of all places yeah was it 92 no 96 i'm uh, sorry yeah, 1996 okay. I was a I was a much different person there. I was a page from uh-huh. the ninety six Republican National Convention in San Diego. A little bit of Bob Dole. Yeah, Yellow, a little bit of Bob, Bob Dole. Dole. Bob Dole. And I became friends with another page uh who 
interned for MTV and got us and MTV was there. And so we got to hang out with people. Like I met Chris Rock. Was Kennedy and, there? Uh, I do not believe Kennedy was there. Not Damn. a precursor to her uh, current gig as a uh, right wing um, sure. uh, fly on the wall. But like art was the coolest guy. And he was just, he was like, why are you here? <laughs> like you just could not, like, I think he could sense from me. So he was like, there for a paycheck. Somebody had yes, been like, absolutely. So he'd been like, give me a band who isn't going to say no, the RNC wants a paycheck, but doesn't really give a shit about the actual politics like, of it. Yeah. I mean, so there was all these people there from MTV of like, you know, get out the vote. That, blah, blah, that blah, was blah, like blah, rock, blah. the beginning of rock the vote or, or no, it wasn't yeah. the beginning. Cause 92, but it was right around, it was the sort of height of rock the vote. Like, yeah. And they're trying to show that they're bipartisan and right. blah, 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 by like whatever. And, you know, I'm talking to him and he's like, what, dude, why are you here? <laughs> you don't, but, you know, and I was blinded by a lot of things at the time. And probably he, he picked up, I should not have been there at all in that particular way. But he was just so fat. He's like, there's young people at the Republican National <laughs> Convention. I just don't get it. Don't understand. But a very cool guy. And I agree. Great. Oh, I have it on here. I have it at 27. Okay. So I've got it. I've got it on here. But great song. Great song. Yeah. yeah. It, for sure it's one of those that like as the years have gone by like every time it has I, aged well every mm-hmm. time i hear it i'm like this song's doesn't have a flaw like it's just yep. perfect and so yep and so i say yep. um so i say yes um <laughs> i say yes and so uh you've got what do you got for 10 through or, or I'm sorry, nine, no, through, nine, nine through twelve. Nine through twelve, right? Yep. I've got um Green Day Basket Case at nine. Okay. Uh Stone Temple Pilots Interstate Love Song at ten. Uh Radiohead Creep at eleven, and then Oasis Wonderwall at twelve. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Anyway. Yeah, I think we've pre- now I can't remember if I actually like I think we've just corresponded very well. Um because mm-hmm. I've got uh Killing in the Name. Raging Against the Machine at nine, Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun at ten. Simply because nice. that, like we've talked about, how that video was just completely inescapable yep. for for a moment. Uh, Enter Sandman at eleven, and I've got Alice in Chains Wood at twelve. And honestly, nice. like I I almost had that higher because that song, That's I mean, great. It, uh, it's single soundtrack. It yep. is, it is, it is the the most sort of like pure sort of uh it it might be the most pure grunge song Mm -hmm. ever of all of them it is it is metal but it is also like you know sort of strummy folky and it it, shoegazy yeah absolutely it's sort of it has that little sort of fugue state that it goes through until finally it screams at the end it's it's a gorgeous song like it's not like if you were just to like pick a a relic from the '90s, like to send out into space, yep. uh, that might be one. Because boy, is it beautiful! Like it is haunting and scary, yeah. and also just wonderful. And I think, and I think to your point, you know, we talked about this before. How a lot of this song, in retrospect, is is just rock. It's just rock. Like it yeah. was, it was all kind of thrown together under this umbrella of grunge, right? Um, but if you want a song that kind of exemplifies like the genre in name, like in that just a 
visceral kind of feel of what grunge feels like. I think you're right. I think wood is, is, is got it in spades for sure. It's just, it's kind of just, uh, it feels like it, like if I was like, what does this sound like? You're like, well, it's kind of, you know, it's grungy, you yep. know? I mean, like, I think that that totally captured it where this other stuff is like, that's just a rock and roll song, yep. dude. Yeah. Like that's not, I don't know that, you know, you can call it grunge if you want to, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's uh, it's a really good song, and so that that yeah. rounds out my my twelve. What do nice. you got? Um, so then we're on to thirteen, right through sixteen. Yeah, because I did my twelve because yep. I had Wonderwall at twelve. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I had Nine Inch Nails closer at thirteen. I had Alice in Chains Wood at fourteen. I had Black Crows Hard to Handle. Um. 15 and then i had lenny kravitz are you gonna go my way at 16 nice yeah i think black crows is the one that i did not i don't think i put them in top 32 and i probably should have but uh i've got breeders cannonball nice at 13 bush glycerin at 14 oasis wonder ball at 15 and again another one that just really Again, it's probably too much retrospect uh, affecting me or afflicting my eye or my ear. But a whole Miss World, like, Uh, you know, whole, it's all, like, you can't talk about them and not talk about just, like, how much, how absurdly entrenched, like, complete, complete and blind misogyny uh, just dominated rock and roll for a couple years particularly at the beginning of of grunge rock and it's why like the riot girl um you know i don't know if you say movement but but why sort of riot girl recordings happened why hole was so important and uh you know the fact that she that courtney love is the uh paramour and and um, you know, virtual, you know, I guess spouse almost, they never got married. I don't think, but that she is the, the queen to Cobain's king of yep. the, of the genre is, is amazing because they made some absolutely earth shifting music and yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I couldn't decide, you know, I had doll parts and, and violet, and celebrity skin and the qualifications because Miss World for whatever reason I think it's part of partly because I, I went back and watched the video and it is a perfect '90s video, uh, yeah. but Miss World struck me more than any of the other ones as being just a a perfect '90s song. It's about yeah. you know it's like it's basically you know if you had uh, a a homecoming queen uh, you know if you had Carrie. 
the Stephen King carry playing in a rock band uh, and singing a song. Like that's right. what that's what Miss World is, and it's 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 just flawless in terms of how it encapsulates that moment of uh, yeah. of women feeling totally excluded and objectified and unable to access uh, the world of music that they want to be in, and yeah, so that's yeah. that's why I had it that high. I, I yeah, would I, mean, I almost had it higher. So yeah, I mean. I, I, you know, Hole is, the, I think, vastly underrated for a lot of reasons, mostly having to do with sexism. Um, but I think, you know, you know, there's always that debate of, well, you know, I mean, Kurt was writing the songs or helping her out. Like, but she was the one that was performing them. And to a certain extent, again, if you go back and, and, and see those songs performed, Nirvana songs performed by female lead singers, like, Cobain was a, a radical feminist and at, but at the same time, like Courtney's um, performance of those songs, whether she wrote them or co-wrote them or wherever she embodied something that was um, tangible in a way that um, uh, kind of captured what a lot of women during that time I would imagine. I don't know, but I would imagine it seemed like to me, at least from the outside looking in like, Oh, this is, a, this is something that's being experienced and you're embodying that right now. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and think, I think, well, there's, they're, they're so unlike Nirvana, like, you know, if you're going to break it down lyrically, like they are, she is so plain spoken. Like it, yes. it's not couched in, in any sort of like absurdist language, like, no. like Cobain was fond of, or, you know, uh, clever poetics, like in lithium where he's sort of doing, you know, the, the, the dichotomies and antithesis stuff. Yeah. You know, he, he's a, he's a, an extremely clever poet and he's yes. really good at that stuff. And Courtney Love is, is clever for sure, but she's, she's clever in that, she knows that she's not going to do the poetics right, so she just says the things. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, exactly, and they work because she says them right, and she has just unparalleled charisma in terms of, uh, particularly, you know, if we're going to say a female lead, but just unparalleled charisma in in general. Like she is different than so many than everybody else. She's yeah. she's wildly different. And probably, and probably acknowledgement of the sexism that's in, in, involved in, in the interpretation of her as a performer by saying, like, I don't get the luxury of being cute with my lyrics. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, I, I have to be blunt. Yep. And, and you're going to have to take I me. Mean, if you've never heard it before, go listen to her cover of Gold Dust Woman. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, and kind of, I think, speaks to what you're getting at there and the way that she kind of embodied her music and, and performed. And, um, and, and if anything, what she was doing on a cl more clever level than Kurt, what Kurt was doing with his lyrics, she was doing with kind of playing with the media and celebrity sure. and, you know, and getting into that with, uh, with her film career too, mm -hmm. of kind of understanding what it meant to be famous and infamous to yeah. uh to a, to a certain extent yeah. um and kind of playing with that and pushing against it and kind of using it to our advantage and also re realizing that it was a it was a big kind of game uh to a certain extent so 
yeah, I, I, I have, I don't have that. I had for me, uh, doll parts is the more kind mm-hmm. of quintessential whole song. So I've got it ranked in my top 32, but, um, but you know, I think any, you can't go wrong with any of them yeah. uh, for sure. And I think they're going to do well in the, in the tournament. Yeah. Um, for a lot of those reasons. All right. 17. I've got Jane's addiction, Ben caught stealing nice live lightning crashes at 18. Foo Fighters Everlong at 19 and Green Day Basket Case at 20. You've already had nice. those two. Uh, yeah. I can't, I still uh, can't believe uh, Jane's Addiction that uh, the they had, that they put out so much stuff in the 80s. Like, yeah. it all seems like it ought to be 90s stuff, but yeah. 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 And again, you talk about a video, again, a video that kind of. Oh, I mean, just was on all the time, um, for sure. I had 17. I had the impression that I get mighty, mighty boss tones. I had uh, Nirvana lithium, um, again, kind of acknowledging how big that band was. Mm -hmm. I thought they needed to have two there. I had no doubt just a girl. Uh, and then I had rage, uh, killing in the name at 20. Nice. Moving forward, I've got 21, November Rain, 22, Cake the Distance. Nice. Which I can't remember. Did we initially have Cake? I think Cake the, the Distance is, is in the grab bag. I'm it, pretty it, sure. It did, it wasn't in it. It 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 didn't. But they had a song in the grab bag. Didn't they did have they? like short skirt, maybe short skirt? I don't or... think. I don't think. Th- oh, well, I'm going to have to confirm that because I really th- didn't think they had they had never there in the qualifiers and it it qualified but i'm 90 percent sure the distance did not go in the grab bag because i thought it was too too rocky at the end got it um yeah we talked about it in in a podcast so that's probably um uh, i've got radiohead creep at 23 and rancid ruby soho at 24 it's funny that sure. the spotify plays time bomb uh rancid time bomb on spotify plays was by far their their number one played song and it was in the qualifiers and and didn't make it through um but i think ruby, ruby soho's their their best song yeah i'm not a huge rancid fan but like that's the song that i know yeah. so yeah um where are we we're at 21 i had Soundgarden black Hole sun at 21 um Against my better judgment, I had Sublime. What I got at twenty two. <laughs> nice. Oh, I can. I mean, good lord, that song. Like it still lives on. Yeah. And on and on. I mean, Sublime lives on. And to go back to what you were saying before about like you know an artist dying, like how does that impact their uh-huh. you know what I, I honestly think that if Sublime, if he, if lead singer, and I can't remember his name that that died, Bradley something or other. Yeah. If he lives, Sublime is not as big as <coughs> now. Oh no, like not a, a, not at all. Because like Date Rape, the the song off their first album that kind of hit. Um, I mean, I remember that, and it was that that was like recorded in like 1992 or something, like maybe yeah. 93, and it was like years in between uh, of when they released that and the next one. And yeah, now if he doesn't if he doesn't die, we're not hearing most of those no. songs. Like no. I had, I think I had the first album because of the, the date rape song 
and had kind of forgotten about the band <laughs> almost right. entirely. Like it was like a an early entry into like third wave ska and yeah. uh and I'd kind of forgotten about it. It was a really like the first record's probably better than the second record, but yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I just don't think it lives on. Then I had uh, Soul Asylum, 23, Runaway Train. Okay. Uh, and then at 24, I had Pavement, Cut Your Hair. Nice. Yeah, I did not have – I didn't have Pavement in the first, but it was uh, – I mean, Cut Your Hair is one of those that, like, even if you don't like Pavement or or Steve Malkmus, which is easily easy to do because he's kind of weird and annoying, yeah. uh, cut your hair is exceptionally good. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I'm at twenty five. Is that right? No, you. I, I don't think I heard your twenty. No, that was I it. I, Ruby Soho was was my twenty fourth ranked. Okay, got um, it. So we've both had. Guns and Roses in the top. We've both had Green Day. We've both had Foo Fighters. Um, yep. Now we're getting towards the towards the end, and who will make it in? I've got Temple of the Dog at twenty five. Uh, hunger nice. Hunger Strike. So it's it's definitely in the top thirty two. Um, yep. I've got Third Eye Blind, Semi Charmed, Kind of Life at yeah. twenty six because yep. it it struck like I was in. It was one of those songs that got so immediately overplayed that I couldn't rightly judge it as a yep. listener. Um, but at the end of the year, in either Rolling Stone or Spin, you know, they did a survey of song of different songwriters, and it was like a few of them who were really big names. I don't, I'd have to look it up. Uh, I who knows if I could even find it. It was, you know, just one of those end of the end of the issue page fillers where they just put quotes from from songwriters and it was like you know a few few songwriters who were really big names a few who were sort of more minor figures in rock and roll and but every single one of them (laughs) said my favorite song the song that i wish i'd written this year in like 1998 whenever it was released uh was semi-charm kind of life the, yeah. the the chorus is something that I've I've as a songwriter I've been trying to write my whole life and he just did it he right. just wrote it right. do 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 to do do <laughs> and, and it's all I've ever wanted to do and he did it it was like yeah. it was this unified voice from like nine or ten different people who were like this song is perfect I was like well yeah. all right then I'll respect them and and yeah. say that song. Uh, this song is good, even though I'm hearing it every every single hour. Oh my gosh. Anytime I walk into you a restaurant. Talk about a song having a moment. It just went on and on. And I think it's because it, it was in that lull of kind of like that, you know, into the 90s yeah. or post-grunge kind of thing. But None still, of the big names had a song out. No, no. Yeah, everybody was kind of, you know, whatever. People are dying, like all these other kind of stuff. Some of us in college had moved on to you know, following fish around the country or something right. along those lines. Um, but you can't, you can't, that song was just everywhere. I mean, you couldn't escape it for, for whatever reason. So yeah, I think that's a good placement for sure. Um, and then I've got, uh, no doubt just a girl and yep. Lenny Kravitz at 28 Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way? Yeah. 
I've got some ones we've already mentioned. I have live lightning crashes. Uh, I've, I, you talk about having a moment. I've got Limp Biscuit Nookie at 26. <laughs> uh, um, I've got whole doll parts at uh, 27. And then my screensaver just came up. I've got Everclear uh, Santa Monica at 28. Cool. Um, yeah, Nookie, I, I mean, it's in there. I can't, that's one of those ones where if, if I, if I could justifiably not include it, I wouldn't, but man, not, you can't not have that. Yeah. Can we like Galuli like Limp Biscuit so right. they have an injury report right. and they have to be taken out completely? Because something I'll say, I'll say without reservation or like irony is that their cover of faith actually has probably aged better than any of their songs. Sure. Like, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's cheesy. It's self-conscious and, yeah. and, and totally tongue in cheek and acknowledging and dumb, yes. but also yes. is like, it's like fun and thrashy. Like it's a yeah. song that you would want to go like get in a mosh pit about. And, and so, yeah, it, of all their stuff, other than maybe that song they did with with Method Man, which is still kind of fun to listen to, of yeah. all their stuff, the the cover of Faith is actually the one that is still marginally. Well, that that's kind of the point where it it, it, it went all went south, right? Was yeah. when <laughs> someone convinced Fred Durst that he had something important to say, right? You know, yes. like on, on on some level, um, because if they're like. You know, we talked about Bloodhound Gang. If they're like a band, like a party band, essentially, that doesn't take themselves very seriously and they stay in that lane the whole entire time, then like, great. But if as soon as they started to, to, I don't know, get out of that lane, then that's where things just completely go sideways. Oh, yeah. You just have to be like, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop. You know? Well, I mean, one of my favorite things is, and I, I, I'm going to have to remember when it was actually released, but Fred, Fred Durst and like a ton of people released a, a benefit album. I think it was for AIDS research, yeah. but it was, it was like tons of people doing covers of Marvin Gaye. Oh no. What's going no, on? No, 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 oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. It was like no, no. 2001. No, and no, no. <laughs> it was one of the most like madness inducing releases that I've ever, I've ever seen because it, it was, it was all, it was people doing the same song. It wasn't oh, no, just, no, no, it wasn't no, just no, like, no, no, no. like let's, let's farm out some Marvin Gaye songs to some people and have them do a bad job. It was like, let's all butcher the same song. <laughs> You know, everybody associates cocaine with the 80s, but it had a a resurgence there in the late 90s that was impacting a lot of decisions that were being made uh, for a lot of people. I think, uh, wasn't it after, I thought when you were talking about tribute albums, I thought you were going to bring up or tribute songs. I'm pretty sure after 9-11, Durst and and or Limp Bizkit did... um, a cover of uh, "Wish You Were Here" for some like nine eleven. Oh, probably. I mean, they did album. They did the the Who's "Behind Blue Eyes" and and had. Oh no! I no, mean, no, major no, success no. with it, and it was like, 
Oh, I'm just awful. I'm in I'm envisioning there's somebody in his ear in some room of like, no, Fred, you, the people need to hear yeah. what you have to say about the world, you know, and it's like, oh man, so no, I th- no I th- they don't. Maybe I'm mistaken. I, I think I was forgetting the what's going on. I, I don't I'm gonna have to research it more. But I, I think what happened on the <laughs> it sounds so terrible. And it was it was almost simultaneous with nine eleven. Like it, it was yeah, yeah. it may have even been released on nine eleven because I remember nine eleven was a Tuesday and that's when albums used to drop. Yep. And I think I still went into the record store that day to no, like what, try to clear my this like try to clear my brain, like try to figure out what the hell was going on in the world and and just buy a couple albums to listen to. And I think like I think Limp Biscuit did like a version of what's going on. And then it had like 50 different remixes by, by different people like of P, them doing the song, of them like, doing them doing the song. And then like P Diddy remixed it. Then Moby remixed it. Then Babyface remixed it. And it was maybe one of the most cursed things ever created. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to research that. And I, I okay. All Star Tribute. What's going on, Fred Durst? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It the, okay. So it was the first Google. So it exists. Yeah. Oh, I know it exists. I I don't. I did not buy it, even though I was like, I may need to purchase it so that I'm sure not. So that I'm sure I'm not going mad. So that I'm sure I like. I didn't like stare into the mouth of madness as to as the two biggest buildings in New York that I'd literally seen like and a couple right. weeks before AIDS, 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 uh, thing. I'm looking at like, it's hard to tell. I'm th- I think someone's going back in time and trying to scrub this all from <laughs> existence. Cr- but I'm looking the at, NSA I'm looking is at, currently <laughs> trying to remove it as we talk. I'm looking about at it. the artist list and you've got Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, Mary J. Blige, Bono, Destiny's Child, Jermaine Dupree, Fred Durst, okay. Eve, Perry Farrell, <laughs> Nelly Furtada, Nona Gay, Darren Hayes, Ja Rule, Jagged Edge, Alicia Keys. So that that is the moment that the '90s ended. Like, if we look <laughs> at that, so. that's the moment the '90s ended. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like it didn't it okay. didn't end on you know 1999. Turning in 2000, that that uh, that album was truly when the 90s ended because yeah, oh man, oh, all right, okay, all right. Um, where are we? We're <laughs> wow. We're at uh, we're at 29 through 32. The last the last four in to the top. Okay, seeds. I've got uh, I've got Bush Glycerine. Yep. Uh, I've got Blur Song Two. Yep. Uh, I've got Blink 182. All the small things. And then I've got uh, Breeders Cannonball. And nice. I'll have to say I miscounted, uh, so just missing out, because I had 219, so I had to uh-huh. retrack. So just missing out on my top 32 was uh, Dinosaur Jr. Field the Pain. Nice. Yeah, I've got a couple just missing out also. Um, I've got uh, Boss Tones, impression that I get it. Or I'm sorry, I've got Hurry Danger who we talked to, we had in the grab bag originally, but shifted because it was far more rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I've got Harvey danger at 29 because I just feel like it's a seed. Um, then I've got Boston's at 30 with the impression that I get then another grab bag appearance who had, who 
was going to be too robust for the grab bag as it was built. Uh, so they get one song into the rock bracket, smashing pumpkins with bullet with butterfly wings, because that is a oh, yeah. rock and roll song. That is a, yes, it is. Um, and then finally I've got cracker with low at yep. 32. Yeah. That was another one of mine that just missed out. Yeah. The ones that I had just missing out were blink One Eighty Two, all the small things and tool sober because, oh, you know, tool yeah. tool is carved out such a, I mean, such a, a dedicated group of fans and sober was like maybe the only one that really got they had a few songs on the second album that got wi- wider radio play but sober got mm-hmm. sober got radio play sober had videos yep um or had a, a video i think it was like a weird claymation video if i'm remembering yes, correctly yes yes it was yeah. yep um, yep and they were absolutely one of the most wild experiences at, at Lollapalooza that I ever had that they were a yep. side stage performer at the time at the, the time that I saw them. And I, I was pretty sure like people were going to die watching that, that band that oh, yeah. day. Cause oh, yeah. they were pretty, they have, they have a fandom. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Um, so who do you got finishing? Just... Oh, you've, you've oh, got, I, I said mine. You said yeah, yours, that was mine. you got yours. And, and then I had a few missing out that you also had in your top 32. Uh, I do want to pause for a second and just uh-huh. appreciate how great of a song Cannonball is. You had it higher than I did. I almost had it a lot higher than 32. I knew it was going to be in my top 32. I just didn't know where it was going to be. That's such a good song. Yeah. that I mean, that was one of those songs that got tons of play, and I don't think I ever did really get tired of it. No, it. never like, did. I got excited every time I heard it yep. on the radio. Yep. I, I was I was pretty excited about it. Uh, some ones that I had that I had marked um, that just didn't quite made it. I had Stone Temple Pilots, Plush, yeah, uh, Space Hog in the meantime, which yeah. is another great song. Oh yeah, uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, Silver Chair, Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I had What's the Frequency, Kenneth, uh, Pearl Jam, Alive. Uh, mm-hmm. I almost put another Pearl Jam song in that top 32. <laughs> uh, no Doubt, Don't Speak, uh, another Nirvana song, All Apologies, Nine Inch Nails, Hurt, uh, Marilyn Manson, The Beautiful People, and then Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy were, were, were ones that I had in contention for the top 32 that didn't quite make it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I think, you know, we had, we had a lot of, con- well, almost concurrences. Um, but we've got, we've got a pretty good, pretty good sense of who's going to be in the top 32. Yep. Um, and the rest of the field will, will fall where it falls. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put these together as soon as possible and start letting people vote on them. Uh, again, people are clamoring. They're there. Every day, every day I hear it, they say, give us, give us the polls. We need the polls. <laughs> there is a there is a clamor out there for the, for this to come out. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get these sort of uh, reconciled as as fast as possible and get them out there because what else do we really have to look forward to? Nothing. Not not a whole lot. Not no. a whole lot. I've got some Amazon packages coming this sure, week. I'm kind sure. of excited about, but outside yeah. of that, yeah, not much. I might try a new recipe. That's about <laughs> it. That's about it. Nice. 
All right. Well, it's good to talk to you, and I'm glad to talk we, to you. we got these. We got these seeds together. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. It's uh, it's gonna be fun, and we're gonna do some, some fucking rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. I don't want to be your downtime. I don't want to be your stupid game. With my big black boots and an old suitcase. I do believe I'll find myself a new. 